Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. And today I have with me my guest, Jill DeMercy. Jill, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. It's great to be here. Very excited. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, for those of you who don't know her, I'll tell you a little bit about Jill DeMercy. She is a PhD prepared nurse. IBCLC, and assistant professor at the University of Pittsburgh School of Nursing. She began her career as a staff nurse on a mother-baby postpartum unit and obtained her IBCLC credential in 2010 and then worked as a lactation consultant in pediatric primary care clinics uh, for two years. For the past 10 years, she's been conducting research on breastfeeding practices in the United States and breastfeeding support uh, interventions. Some of her past research has addressed breastfeeding issues in the late preterm infant population and breastfeeding communication and support in primary care. Now, her current research focuses on perceived insufficient milk supply, technological innovations in delivery of breastfeeding support, and antenatal breast milk uh, expression. Her research has received NIH funding and has been published in numerous nursing and medical journals and presented at national and international conferences. So once again, welcome to Jill DeMercy. Thank you. Now, if you heard that bio, you heard several interesting things. I know you were all hoping, oh, she's going to talk about the preterm infant. No, that's for another day. And then you, heard, <laughs> <laughs> then you heard insufficient milk supply. No, that's for another day. But you also heard about the technological innovations. And I got to tell you, I'm sitting here with actually several of Jill's articles two inches from my elbow. But this is one of the reasons why we asked Jill to come on the show is that she has a peer-reviewed journal, excuse me, a peer-reviewed article that is entitled Access, Use, and Preferences for Technology-Based Perinatal and Breastfeeding Support Among Childbearing Women. So I really want to keep the focus today on the apps that are out there, and I'm sure that Jill is going to give you some very enlightening information here. So Jill, I kind of want to start right at the beginning. I have my iPhone tethered to me most of the time. I have... As like everybody. Know, like yes. everybody, right? <laughs> and I have an app for this and an app for that. I even have an app for the Voice America uh, shows so that I can get my own podcast or somebody else's, you know. But why do you think that apps have gained popularity, especially with the childbearing women? So I think it's for a couple reasons. I think first and foremost among them 
like just like you said, everybody has a cell phone now. It's the ubiquity of smartphones. Everybody uh-huh. is constantly searching, has it with them wherever they go. Yeah. Um, and especially among childbearing women, this is sort of a generation that grew up with smartphones, mm-hmm. right? Like the people having children now um, have always been around this. They feel very comfortable with it. So it's sort of a natural sort of gravitation to this, um, a natural application that um, women have used these things. Um, I think another thing is we are in the generation, we're in the era of this need to track and quantify oh, yes. <laughs> all yes. we do, like with Fitbits and that type of <laughs> yep. thing. So it sort of fits in there. Um, and apps really sort of allow um, this consolidation of information in one place and to be able to personalize it. A lot of them do. Um, so to be able to like sort of personally, um, you know, track what you are doing with breastfeeding or with caring for your baby, um, something about that is very appealing to women in this generation. Um, and even to those of us who are not in that generation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I mean, even even among you know, it's become so popular that even you know other um, groups uh, of women are using it as well. Um, not just the childbearing population, but because they've grown up with it, it seems like it's um, it's you know first and foremost in their lives. Um, I was chuckling a little bit as you <laughs> talked about the tracking because. Yeah. Uh, I'm a real believer science, you know, shows us how uh, useful journaling is. So I got this thing that will actually track whether or not I'm doing my journaling. And it's amazing how powerful that is when you're tracking something. So thanks for bringing that up. Were there other things that came to your mind for why this has gained so much popularity? Um. I think that, like a couple other reasons, maybe that, you know, you're getting, apps are are pretty diverse in what they do. Um, So it's not just tracking. There's also um, the opportunity to connect with community through apps. um, And that's something about that is very appealing to do that in a way that is semi-anonymous to ask your questions that you maybe wouldn't ask at a doctor's office or your relative. Um, Mm -hmm. You can feel maybe a little bit more free to do that in um, an online environment. Um, And then I think that, you know, that you might not even have time sometimes with a, in a doctor's office to ask the questions that you need. And some of these apps that kind of go through Uh, what to expect in pregnancy and then the postpartum period, it's sort of like this additional information source that then you don't have to spend time at your doctor's office asking and wondering about. Mm, I would would agree. Uh, Certainly, (laughs) I just wrote a blog just a while ago about how the doctor answers your question with his hand on the doorknob, you know, and his his, his nonverbal is saying, I'm too busy, I got to move on here. So how does the use of mobile apps compare to the use of other technology? Now, I have another guest who's coming on a little later this year, and she's going to be talking about social media and so forth. But uh, how do the apps compare to other technology mediums to get perinatal and breastfeeding support? And there, the examples might be text messaging, Google, Googling, email, that sort of thing. Right. So I think one thing to keep in mind is that a lot of apps now are so 
um, the companies that are creating them are not just apps. So it's often like an integration of an app plus like a searchable website right. um, plus right. like social media type things. So it's not just like the app alone, although some people just use it with app alone. Um, but in general, it seems like that women are using apps heavily during pregnancy for tracking, like it's these what to expect apps, what you can expect in terms of the pregnancy and with the baby, what fruit or vegetable the baby looks like this week. Um, <laughs> um, but in, in general, sort of it's this, it's heavily, it seems to be heavily used during pregnancy um, where more or less things are moving ahead on a, um, a path that you know, babies are growing sort of at the same rate during pregnancy, and this is what you can expect. Um, after birth, it changes, it seems to change a little bit. Women are still using apps, and they, they do heavily use it for um, tracking breastfeeding and feeding and that type of thing. But their questions and what the baby is doing and that type of thing seems to be um, a little bit more individual. They have questions about like, my baby is doing X, Y, and Z and things an app necessarily wouldn't be able to answer for um, a mom specific question at that period Mm -hmm. of time. Um, So it seems like it's a little bit less popular at the moment in, um, for women to use during the postpartum period outside of tracking, um, feedings and, and that type of thing. And it has been pretty much my experience that they start using the well other than pregnancy they start using those apps pretty much as soon as the baby is born oh yes and even um for for the tracking the feedings but even in pregnant but in pregnancy like almost as soon as your baby you realize that you're expecting (laughs) uh, you're sort of bombarded with these um even if you know you're using social media they sort of um you know, there's these click-ons on the side, like, that you can, like, download these apps and X, Y, Z. So, almost immediately, women are introduced to, you know, how they can track this sure. development um, through apps. Well, and here's the thing, Jill. I did not grow up with this stuff, but I often hear myself saying, oh, I wonder if there's an app for that. Yes. <laughs> and there probably is. Well, you know, just as... Uh, December was rolling around and, you know, how the days get shorter and it's darker. And I was at my mother's house in the north where, of course, it is darker than it is uh, in the D.C. area where I live. And I heard myself saying, I wonder when the sun comes up. Oh, I wonder if there's an app for that. Oh, yeah. there's an app And so I think that it's just become part of our mentality of there's an app for that. And Pretty much that's the case. So what would you say about the demographics of the people that are using the mobile apps most often? I mean, we sort of we all are, but who's who's using it most often among the childbearing crowd? So we, we found, and again, our research is the, the area that we um, are recruiting from is, is mostly um, white women, higher income type um, groups. Um, but even in our research and in other, there was an article published in 2016 that was looking even in the low income groups of women, minority women. Um, and they found that, 
you know, their use of apps is is somewhat less than women that are married, that are white, that are higher income. Um, and while we don't know the specific reasons for this, it seems we can sort of speculate um, uh, sometimes with low income, a lot of these apps are pay apps, so they might not be accessible to women. Um, phones, they may be getting you know, sometimes they're changing phones or phone numbers, so they right. might not have continuous access. Right. Um, and then some research shows that, you know, uh, minority women, they actually prefer um, interpersonal sources of breastfeeding support and pregnancy information. So they'd rather um, talk to a relative about what they're going through or um, a trusted pediatrician or that type of thing rather than sort of a... Um, cold technology source, if you will. (laughs) Yes, yes, understood. You know, Jill, something that really surprised me so much, as you were talking, I was thinking that, um, wow, I think it was in 2013, I was invited to give my comprehensive lactation course in New Mexico, and it was for a group of peer counselors who wanted to become an IBCLC. And so I'm thinking, okay, I've got a room full, and it was a room full, of uh, peer counselors. These are probably people that don't earn very much money. And I don't remember what I was trying to explain, but all of a sudden I heard myself say, okay, how many of you have a smartphone? Almost every hand went in the air. Right. And I was so surprised. And look at how many years ago that was. And those are not people that are making $100,000 a year, okay? They're not. But it tells me that more and more people are going to be using these apps. Certainly, I use them more. You probably use them more. And so this is really, would you you say it's the way of the future? I'm from... I think I, I think we, it is the future right now. I mean, I think people are using them right now. Like, um, I it's hard for me to predict what in the future what you know because I feel like technology changes so rapidly that like yes. we're in the era of apps right now. But like, what is the next best thing? It's hard to right. <laughs> it's hard to know. I mean, maybe I, there is something else. But uh, I definitely agree with you that you know research shows that there's like 90, I, I'm just going to pull the quote, you know, out of thin air. It's like the ma- great majority of women, it cuts across class, um, uh, SES, uh, social racial groups. Um, women have smartphones and that's just the way it is. Now, how they use them, um, like that I was mentioning. That they, story. <laughs> yeah. And it uh-huh. does, it, and what we're seeing, like I said, I don't know the reasons specifically there's, there's not been a lot of work in this area. Um, but it does seem like the uh, minority women, they, they prefer this more um, immediate. Um, I don't know if mobile apps are there yet, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. They, sure. they, uh, they use text messaging a lot mm-hmm. more than right. um, the mobile apps. It seems Um and there are, so there's like text for baby and things like that. But there, right now, there are some differences between who is using mobile apps. Okay. Wow. Also interesting. Now, for those of you who are listening, I know what you want to ask Jill next. And I'm going to ask Jill when we come back from the break. Uh, we're going to talk about what mobile apps are actually being used and how they're helpful specifically for breastfeeding women. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with my guest, Jill DeMercy, and she's talking with us about apps in the childbearing period and certainly as related to breastfeeding. 
So, Jill, when we left off, I promised the listeners that we'd talk about mobile apps being used and how they're helpful specifically to breastfeeding women. What is it? We talked a little bit about tracking, but other than that, how can these apps be helpful to moms? Yeah, so it's like we talked about already in pregnancy, it's, it, I feel like it's helpful for the tracking of the baby development and postpartum women are using it for tracking mostly. Um, but there are definite like opportunities for women as they move forward. And a lot of them are now using, um, like if you take a look at the most popular, like downloaded apps, that type of thing. Um, it's these sites that offer sort of like a combination of things. So they give like a community, like you can join a community of breastfeeding moms and can be very specific, like moms that are breastfeeding their first baby and have low milk supply, Ah, (laughs) et cetera, ah. et cetera. So it's this very pinpointed type of thing. Um, And so that's great because you can sort of converse with moms that are having the same issues at the same time as you uh, in real time. Mm. So I think that's a popular uh, way moms are are using apps now. Yeah. A couple other things that... uh, these apps aren't super popular right now, but I think they have a lot of potential. Um, there's apps that let moms see where are breastfeeding friendly places, where they can oh, come, right. where are private areas like airports yes. and things like that. Yes. Um, yes. You can actually, like, if you log on, you can see um, women will actually take pictures and you can see on a map where an area might be that you can, like if you're traveling somewhere um, on work Jill, or business or something. Uh, yeah. my, my brain is trying real hard to remember the name of that app. Do you remember the name of that app? For the where to breastfeed, yeah, re, yeah. There's actually a couple of them. There's um, okay. there's one called Pump Spotting. There's a, it's called Mamava is another That's one. That's what, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, okay. So those are a couple. So the, I think they have a lot of potential. Those ones, however, um, they are really dependent on how many people are using it and how many people are like actually taking pictures and tracking, so other people can use that information. Okay. Yeah. Um, some other things, um, there's options now, a few apps offer this ability to to connect with a IBCLC. So if Uh a mom is having breastfeeding troubles, she can, um, have an app and she can dial up and, you know, talk to a lactation consultant via text message, via phone call, uh, that type of thing. Uh Another thing that is up and coming is, uh, and I know it's pretty controversial, um, is these smart pumps that allow you to sort of oh. download their app mm-hmm. and track how much milk you're making, like mm-hmm. how often you're pumping and using it and how much milk you're getting each session. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be either a lot of moms could like it or perhaps anxiety provoking (laughs) I can see that for sure me too (laughs) yeah um but nonetheless that's sort of like the wave I it's 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 not you know super popular right now these apps are sort of and these pumps are just coming out now um but in the future I can see it sort of taking off um and I would agree with you sometimes that can be reassuring but sometimes it's anxiety provoking oh yes Uh, but I would say and Jill you and I have been nurses long enough to know that to some degree, 
we fuel that because we're asking, how much did you get? How much did you get? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And, yeah. I'm also thinking uh, a guest that I had earlier, and then we actually encored that show, was Nancy Moorbacher. She has got a breastfeeding app for um, yes. for working mothers. And there was a guy that I met at the U.S. Breastfeeding Committee um, conference, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name. But that also was another one that was related to breastfeeding friendly places, but not necessarily the way that the Mama Va one is. That mm. it was like a little different. Uh, what what else do these apps do, Jill? Anything we're missing here? Yeah, I think that's that was pretty much. Um, there are some straight um, like breastfeeding information ones. Like I think you mentioned oh, uh, right. Nancy Moorbacher. She yep. has the breastfeeding solutions one. Yep, yep. Where you she can does. yeah, you can log on and you can like sort of uh, click on your specific problem that you're having at the moment and get some um, great evidence based great information on that. Great. Um, and that's pretty much aside from the you know the community ones like these uh, Ovia and uh, there's Glow Baby is another one um, that sort of they're not just breastfeeding but they they have a component where you can track feedings and also connect with um, other moms with um, any issue that you want to talk about related to yes. breastfeeding or otherwise. Yes. Um, I was just going to say, I did a little bit of snooping here before we recorded this show, and I'm looking at, ooh, I don't know, probably, ooh, 20 or more of these things, and some of them are not necessarily related to breastfeeding specifically, but more related to, for instance, the growth app. You can check your baby's uh, growth chart, your the the growth of your baby on the uh, chart, you know, those sorts of things. And um, one called, I thought this name was great, Sit and Squat. And it has, <laughs> I haven't heard it, of that one. Yeah, it has to do with finding, finding the cleanest bathrooms. Now, we know that the better thing would be if you could find a place that is like, like Mama Ba would be a whole lot better. But if you don't have that opportunity, then the next thing you're wondering about is where are the cleanest bathrooms I can find? So there's just all sorts of stuff out there. And Jill, I would even say that I have used the apps that are just regular, meaning I own them and I'm not lactating. But I'm thinking of things like, uh, oh, you know, playing the ocean waves, things like that to help mothers to relax. Uh, I'm also thinking of something like the baby shusher. And I think, by the way, I think that's the name of it, shusher. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're probably familiar with Harvey Karp and his whole five five S's. And of course, right. the first S is to sh the shushing. So there's just a ton of stuff out there now. Even if it's not specific to breastfeeding, it's certainly specific to babies that baby breastfeeding or maybe right. formula feeding. Right. But it's just so incredibly like, wow, you know, and as you say, they do so much more than just tracking. Although I do think that tracking is a big piece of it, certainly. Uh, anything there major that we left out or, or can we move on? I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, I will make this available for people later. These apps that I came up with that I think are more baby related as opposed to breastfeeding specific related. But anyway, um, so 
what kind of breastfeeding support and information do women most want from the technology? Do they want problem solving? Do they want, tra- I mean, they want all of these things, but, but what, do they, <laughs> yeah. what do they want most? The problem solving, the tracking, the, the, the camaraderie, what would you say? Um, so in our research study that we did, we actually found that the, what they most wanted was this sort of um, emotional support, this connection with other moms and, um, you know, cheerleading, like hang in there, yeah. you're doing a great job type thing, like this uh, reassurance that things, you know, they're doing the right thing and things are going well, um, seems to be what they really wanted. And in terms of mobile apps, they uh, desired this personalization and interactive nature. Um, the other thing is they did want that informational support as well. It was a little bit less so than the um, the camaraderie type thing that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like how to know your baby is getting enough when you're establishing breastfeeding, enough milk, mm-hmm. um, how to know what, what I, they're doing. What yeah. I would call normal parameters then. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, um, a lot of them want, uh, you know, because the era that we live in now, a lot of women are returning to work very early. Um, they want a lot of information on pumping and how to store milk at work and all these specific things that seem to be different depending on who you ask, um, oh, your doctor yeah. versus. Um, yeah. So they want clear information on that type of thing. Um, and then. Did your research look at whether they valued what was on the app better than what the IBCLC would say or what the doctor would say? In other words, if it's on an app, does that make it more more credible or less credible to them? Um, sort of, sort of the latter, but it really depends on um, the the. So one drawback, I guess, I'm sort of jumping ahead, but the one drawback of apps, I think that women have, uh, one of their complaints is that um, the information may not be completely up to date, um, depending on who created it and, um, you know, how often they're updating it. So... Um, depending on how the app is maintained, that that is a, a source of discomfort that women mention because they do value, especially this very tech savvy group that you know, know knows how to access medical information and that type of thing. Um, sure. There was one study that they did. I think it was the 2016 study that I mentioned earlier that women um, they realized that this the information on an app was like outdated and you know then that sort of like decreases their um, their their confidence in the app yeah. and their, their willingness to use it so you know moving forward getting um g- good solid information from an app if it's not updated is is problematic um, and a lot of them are not and so knowing how and which apps are updated and good to use is is an issue um so I would say that there's a there's some work to be done in this area in terms of I, I still think that they are using and loving the aspect of community with mm-hmm. apps, um, but in terms of sort of evidence based information, um, oh, some apps have a long way to go for that. Sure, sure. And you know, let me just say, we built our first app. I want to say about four years ago. For years, and I mean years and years, we had these uh, flashcards. 
And they were our most popular resource for people that were studying for the IBCLC exam. And one day, somebody on my team said, why don't we make this thing into an app? And I said, uh, I don't know anything about how to make an app. <laughs> and she said, well, we can find that out. So it was, it was certainly a team effort. But having done that, I will tell you that when you say about keeping it up to date, it's not just the brain power of keeping stuff up to date. It's also the cost of keeping things up to date. Yes. So if you've got somebody who has built an app, they've got to have the brain power to know what it is that they've got to update. And they've got to have the financial prowess to get behind it and say, okay, well, we're, we're going for another edition or whatever we call it nowadays. And uh, so I can really see how that could just get out of hand easily for things that uh, move very quickly. Now, luckily with the flashcards, yeah. <laughs> uh, do we need to do an update? Yes. But is it massive? No. It's not like something like if you wanted advice about HIV, which seems to be, <laughs> seems yeah. to be changing every 20 minutes, you know, uh, certainly something like that. So are these apps being used by clinicians in delivery of breastfeeding support or if they are, how? Yeah, so um, there's not there's not a lot of information on this, but just you know, speaking from a like actually what I'm seeing in practice and uh-huh. in the community, it does seem like um, I would say like one of the most popular things that we like when I was a lactation consultant in primary care that we were using it for, and the pediatricians were using apps for for breastfeeding women was um, medications uh-huh. and women's yep. questions, um, and a yep. great. Uh, app that we use quite often was Lactmed, which is um, continually updated. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I use it all the time. (laughs) I use it all the time. And what's more is, you know, when I get IBCLCs who talk to me about copying off a page of something, I'm like, no, don't get in the middle of this. You know, every doctor I know has a smartphone. Just (laughs) (laughs) don't get in the middle of this. Get him to, and that app is free, by the way, in case anybody wants to know. And many of these apps are free, for heaven's sakes. So, yeah, I would definitely say that that's a way in which clinicians are using them. How about, though, uh, if somebody comes to you with a problem, I'm thinking, again, about the go-back-to-work one, would it occur to you, well, it would probably occur to you, but would it occur to your colleagues to suggest an app for something like that? That's a great question. I'm not I'm not sure because I don't know how many of them are actually like using, using I feel it? like <laughs> yeah like you have to be in it in your only daily life to know what's popular and what's good and that type of thing and I feel like a lot of them are not using it for that purpose currently. Um, sure. Now maybe the ones that are breastfeeding themselves at that moment are um, right. But uh, just just in, from what I've seen, I don't have any good solid research to back this up. But it, it seems like it's it's not they're not using it for that at the moment. It's more like the meds and yeah. like if a mom is, um, you know, she wants to tell a pediatrician how much she's fed in the last twenty four hours. She's pulling out her smartphone and showing on the app what she's done, and then the pediatrician is sort of you know using that information to get you know to provide further feedback to her. Sure. Sure. And that would not surprise me. Well, you know, everybody, this is really cool. We're going to discuss this a little bit more with my guest, Jill DeMercy. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. We will be right back after this short break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. 
To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I am talking today with Jill DeMercy about breastfeeding apps and apps that are helpful for breastfeeding mothers, which may or may not be specific to breastfeeding, but in fact are helpful. I would also like to invite you to come to my site. It's MarieBiancuzo.com. I will repeat that. It is MarieBiancuzo.com. And I will have a little bit more information for you there as uh, related to this show. You should also see my blog that will appear there. Uh, But I'm going to try to pull together a a few of these things that Jill has talked about, and I will highlight some of those if you felt like you didn't hear the beginning of the show or like you just need a little brief synthesis. So, Jill, we all love apps. I mean, Honestly, I've got some apps that I use multiple times a day. I've got those that are favorites. I've got those that I tell my friends and neighbors about. But the truth of the matter is that apps are not all great. There are some drawbacks to using mobile apps, particularly for breastfeeding support and tracking. Can you talk a little bit about the downside of these mobile apps? Sure. So... I think there's a couple. I think that a couple we've sort of touched on a little bit. Um, The fact that some of them are not being updated or not evidence-based, which we already talked at length about. Um, I think another thing is for the community aspect and some of these ones that we talked about, like where um, where the best places to breastfeed and to pump, it's really dependent on the number of users. So if you don't, if you're, especially if you're in an area like I'm in Pittsburgh and it's not a huge city, but it's not like super small. Um, and like just for me for logging on to like the Mamava or pump spotting, there's like three or four um, areas in the whole city that are tracked. And it's really dependent on the fact that we don't have a lot of people like updating in our area. So the utility of using an app like that around here is not, you know, is it might be like if you were in New York City or something like that, where you have a huge number of people sure. um, using. Um, Jill, excuse yeah. me, how, do, how does that work then? If you're in East Podunk, Montana, does that, <laughs> I mean, how does that work? Do you not have access to it or you have access, but it's not, there, there's nobody there? How, how does that work? Yeah, you you correct. You you can have access to it still. It's just the you maybe don't have a critical mass of people using it to like say, hey, at this mall, there's this bathroom that I use. Oh, I see. Um, I see. Oh, yeah, okay. as opposed to like a area that has a you know a, a bigger number of people using and then contributing to the app. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think some of the other things are um, the fact that some of these are pay apps. Uh, There's a lot of things like in-app purchases and like to get the upgraded version, you have to pay a little bit more. And are you willing to do that once you've already downloaded it? Yeah, same thing with like, I mean, it's not just specific to breastfeeding, but it's um, sort of uh, the way things work in the app world. Um, One thing that I think that we, we touched on a little bit was this 
over-reliance and sort of anxiety that can come about when moms are like heavily tracking um, how breastfeeding is going, how many times a day they're feeding, or if they're using these new sort of um, smart pump apps, like how Uh much milk they're getting out, Uh uh, that definitely has the potential to um, create a little bit of anxiety for some moms which we did find in our research. Um, and then I think the other big thing is this um, the sense of who you can trust, right? So uh, some of uh-huh. these apps are, you're not quite sure because it's like, who is making, what is their actual purpose? Um, you know, this commercial bias, I guess I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a pump company, can you really trust that they're giving you the best information? Do they really, you know, or if, I mean, even some moms are using, um, you'll see like formula ads pop up or something like that. So um, there's always that sort of danger, like who who's actually making this app and maintaining it type thing. Yes, and I just want to warn everybody, remember that these apps can be created by anybody. We all love the information highway and all of that, but honestly, uh, some of these people have no experience, no credential, whatever, and uh, so I think, Jill, would it be fair to say you've kind of got to watch it? You you can't necessarily assume that it's all evidence-based? Yeah, I think that's a yeah. definitely a fair assumption there. Yeah. And then the fact that, you know, you, even people with the best of intentions, like you mentioned, it's really hard yeah. because apps are so expensive to create and maintain yes. that um, that you're getting the best up-to-date information. So there's that, um, you know, I, I can think of like even with like medications, if you're not using Lactmed or something like that, um, you know, new drugs and new information is coming out all the time on the safety of, um, you know, compatibility with uh, breastfeeding and things like that. So. Right. Uh, You have to be careful. um... (laughs) Jill, the one that tickles me are the the weather apps. If you have three different weather apps, I can promise you, you will get three different answers for what what it's going to (laughs) do. That's a good analogy. Yes. (laughs) Really? And then you say to yourself, okay, well, these guys are pretty good. Well, these guys are usually pretty good smart on TV. Well, you know, what about these? I've never heard of these guys here. And so I think that it plants it. Well, maybe this is my word of caution to mothers, which is don't assume that just because it's up and running, that it is 100% evidence-based. Or as I tell students or uh, other people, just because it's in print doesn't mean it's true. And it's the same kind of thing, I think, with an app. Would you agree? I would. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so those are some downsides. Another question I would have for you is, I'm going to go on the assumption of what you said at the beginning of this show, which is, these are mothers that have pretty much grown up in the electronic world. So they're pretty comfortable with this. But have you encountered mothers that either can't use the app easily and they need a little help or they're using it incorrectly. Something along those lines, anything like that? Um, I'm trying to think back to my experiences with, uh, I feel like um, if they're, if the app is not helpful to them, they're before they get to us, they are not using it anymore. If they're, I, if it's not giving with them what they need or what okay. they want, sure. then it's sort of, yes. Um, I can say in like the study that we did, um, we actually had women track 
their breastfeeding patterns over a period of time using one of these trackers. Um, And a lot of them found it like really helpful in the beginning to kind of see what their baby was doing and patterns and that type of thing. But over time, it was sort of like a burden, like they kind of you know, understood what their baby was doing and they didn't really need it anymore. And they were just doing it for our study type thing. Sure. Sure. There's so much I'm thinking, for instance, on my phone, I have a thing called health and it allows you to put in your blood pressure and your pulse rate and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, after you've done it like 50 million times, you're thinking to yourself, I'm good here. I'm good. <laughs> I, right. don't need, I don't need to do this yeah. all the time. And I think that's that's what you're saying. So, Joe, what are some apps that you have found have been the most popular or the most useful or even just the most user-friendly? Yeah. So, <clears throat> I want to – one of them we mentioned before about the um, the fact that clinicians are using Lactmed. Oh, um, my I favorite. Think it, <laughs> like a good sister companion to that, like for moms to have questions and they want up-to-date information on medications and breastfeeding. This is a popular question that comes up in the pediatrician office. Um, it's called Mommy Meds um, and it's by Hale. Um, and yes. that one, that one is updated. So that's a good sort of evidence-based one that uh-huh. um, is easy to use. And um, it's a good one. Um I think for, I mentioned, it's not super popular right now. Um, I don't think it's completely taken off at this point, but in terms of uh, accessing a lactation consultant and getting help in real time, there's a couple apps out there. One of them is Pacify. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. we, yeah, which actually we, uh, we I want to be fully upfront, we've used them for a couple studies um, as well to deliver um, lactation support. Um, but they have a pretty user-friendly format, um, 24-7 mm-hmm. access to lactation consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool, it's not commercially available to my knowledge yet, but I've been reading a lot about it. Um, there's actually an app in, I think it was, I believe it was created in Australia that's for dads. Um, Yes, and it gives, it's like a, a community, so dads can talk to each other about supporting um, uh, the breastfeeding women the in their lives. Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and sort of get information on breastfeeding. It's called Milkman. Oh, uh, oh sweet. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. so it's being trialed right now to my, from what I can say, I, I, I try to follow their progress, um, and I, I do hope that it becomes commercially available, because I think it's such a great great idea oh yeah I love the title (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and then I think that like I mentioned a couple like the community ones that seem to be like pretty popular with women um there's Ovia um that is like a they offer like articles and then you can connect with breastfeeding moms and it's also a tracker for feeding um another really popular one is called glow baby uh-huh. Um, there's Sprout, there's Baby Connect. Baby Connect is more of a tracker, just a, a tracker system in itself. Yes. Um, and those are the, I would say those are the pretty popular, like if you look in the app store, you can kind of see like how many downloads these get and how many stars. And those seem to be the most popular ones at the moment. Okay. okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And I think that we can probably be seeing more in the future, but it sounds like, and, and did you tell me that you have seen that in the research or you just kind of poked around or heard this from, from patients? 
For which ones? For or, any of these. Oh, yeah. Um, from patients. And then, like, if, if you actually go into the app store, you can sort of look at the ratings for them and how oh, often they're sure. being downloaded. Sure. Uh, and these seem sure. to be the most popular ones. Yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing. It's very alluring when you see that it's got... 6,000 however many ratings of a five-star rating. You're like, wow, this thing must be really good, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's very alluring. It just is. Uh, So what do you see as some opportunities for moving forward in relation to the apps uh, for pregnant or postpartum or breastfeeding women? Yeah, so I think that one thing is that um, we we kind of touched on it before. I think that the ability to sort of, you know, I mentioned women are using this for community, but also um, to to get a picture of what they're doing in their daily lives with in terms of feeding and pumping and their baby's diapers and that type of thing. I think that has some real utility in terms of. Um, how, you know, primary care is organized and how Mm. this info is potentially Mm. shared with clinicians. Uh Um, Can we catch babies a little bit earlier that are at risk for, um, you know, the moms that are going to maybe stop breastfeeding or, um, you know, at risk for um, insufficient milk supply or um, the, the babies are not gaining weight as they should because they're not feeding enough or something like that. So I think that that has some opportunity there. Um I think another thing is this telelactation thing, which I mentioned a little bit, um, the ability to connect with a lactation consultant in real time and how can we um, get women, you know, that individualized help that they need. So, I mean, you can Google any problem that you're having, but like when it comes down to it, it's three in the morning and you want to know, <laughs> you yes. know, if this is normal or is it like, why is my baby not latching on type thing? That's a hard question to answer um by google or (laughs) you're going to get eight million hits or 80 million hits exactly i would totally agree Uh uh-huh yeah so getting access to this um to a trusted professional i think is a um is a is a great thing that women can use this for um and i think the final thing i would say is the uh, because my bias is research, is, is this um, ability to have like these huge data sources, right? So mm. women are tracking all of this. We know what they're sort of accessing and looking up, even in the community, you know, what they're talking about, what their problems are. Um, this gives us a real opportunity, I think, to um, see what they're doing, what their problems are, and then even like how much they're breastfeeding. And um, it's really, it can be very powerful to normalize uh, breastfeeding, I think. This is, I think even in our study, we showed that like how much variance there is between women, like even during a day, like what is normal. Um, So to compare that to other women and stuff can be a little bit anxiety provoking maybe um but for researchers to show like what is the big picture of like what women are actually doing can be very powerful i think Mm. Mm. you know jill it just had not dawned on me that that information goes both ways but that's really what you're saying yeah yeah. it's not just that they're getting information from us it is that we're getting information from them which could in fact drive questions for research or uh 
drive what somebody might invent to solve some problem. Wow, I just really never thought of it going both ways. Jill, uh, before we close out the show today, I've got to ask you this question. I've been thinking about the whole thing, a whole show. How did you get interested in this topic? Um, I, I honestly, I feel like it was, um, it was born out of necessity, like as a, this way back when I was doing this original research, I was a lactation consultant in primary care. And I mean, when you're talking to women, they're always on their phones and like showing you what the baby is doing and that's, so (laughs) I thought this is like a real opportunity to, um, you know, not only for clinicians to understand what a mom is doing, but they're always on their phones. We we have the unique opportunity to give them information in this way. And in between visits, like when they, yes. you know, yes. they, they don't have access to a pediatrician 24-7, but they do have access to their phones 24-7. Yes. So it is the wave of the future. It's what people are using. It's what they want. Um, we just need to continue to find ways to make it better and more accessible and more evidence-based for them, I think. Oh, I think you're just totally right. Any last minute message before we go out today? Um, I don't think I would just say that I, I do. I, I, am, I would always encourage people that are interested in this area and app development and that type of thing. It is super expensive. Um, but women do need more resources and the more evidence-based information that they can have, um, the better. There is a real need for them to get this information. So anybody that's interested, it's a, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. What a day it has been with my guest today, uh, Jill DeMercy. Jill, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Marie. And I would just like to thank all of you for listening. As I often like to say, if it weren't for the listeners, we wouldn't have a show. Now, if you like the idea of more people finding out about our show, please think about taking just a couple of minutes to give us a rating and review it on iTunes or your podcast app of choice, speaking of apps. And if we get enough of those, the app shows Born to be Breastfed uh, to more people so they find out that we exist. In the meanwhile, join us next week and most definitely always remember your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 